The following sermon was delivered on Sunday, January 9th, 2022, at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by the Reverend Callie Fire. The title of the sermon is Before the Resolutions. Here begins the sermon. Welcome to 2022, everyone. We have passed over the threshold of a new year again, a turn of the calendar page in the way we measure time. So this is a natural opportunity for a reset, only further encouraged by the strong social rituals we have around this changing of the guard, the sending out of the old, the welcoming in the new. We know this is a time historically when people have set new goals for the upcoming year. The history dates back as much as 4,000 years to the ancient Babylonians with the practice they had, which aligned with their new year, which was closer to mid-March and the planting of new crops. But they would also set goals for the year ahead and what their hopes and expectations were. So our modern tradition of welcoming in the new year at midnight, despite its widely secular activities, has religious roots in Methodism's covenant renewal services or watch night, which is a vigil of scripture readings, prayer, and hymn singing for repentance from the past and renewal for the year to come. This is still widely observed today in African-American denominations and in evangelical Protestant churches. So is it much of a flex to talk about living with intention today? Really? Well, it could be. Often intention is interchanged with goal, objective, purpose, ambition, and at this time of year with resolution. This is another of our social rituals at this time of year. I mean, everybody who is anybody is fashionably talking about what are your New Year's resolutions and also simultaneously fashionably snubbing resolutions, right? In recent years, we've opted for renewing our observations of gratitude or for alternative annual goals like a focus word of the year or a yearly challenge, such as reading a specific number of books or walking a predicted amount of mileage. Or more recently, that has shifted to a year of 30-day challenges, focusing on new habits, each for just a month at a time. But whether or not we want to call them resolutions, these activities do all carry an energy of renewal, of hope, of vision for the year to come. So what does that mean for us this year? I think it's safe to say that we are all reaching a state of saturation and exhaustion with everything. How does this impact for each of us, how and what we are looking toward? This is often a challenging time of year for me anyway, as someone who experiences seasonal depression, January and February are my molasses months, right? Um, everything slows down. I have an inherent tendency toward inertia and dormancy, like a hibernating bear, which does not lend itself gently to most of my external expectations. Everything takes me just a bit more effort, accumulated commensurate with my responsibilities. So for me, this means a constant challenge to engage to be present to what I'm doing rather than to just drift along in automatic pilot. And this year, my friends, that just a bit more is another bit more. Everything takes focus. Everything takes intention. 
So reflecting on the spiritual theme of living with intention, I asked what intention means in terms of living our lives. Intention is defined as a thing intended, an aim, a plan. But I discovered intention also has a different medical definition. And that is the process by which or the manner in which a wound heals. And what are all of us in this ongoing global crisis, if not wounded? Dr. Nancy Burns in Psychology Today writes about the walking wounded as those who are longing for closure. They feel less than whole because they lack it. They're in, stuck in a holding pattern. Their understanding of closure is shaped by the dominant narratives about grief and loss which shape expectations for how they're supposed to grieve and what is needed in order to grieve properly. Thus the walking wounded see their grieving process as stalled or impossible because they cannot find closure, which they may be convinced is necessary. So if we are stalled in a progress and who doesn't feel that right now, looking to goals, reflecting on resetting or restoring, focusing on achievements and specific outcomes might be one of those activities we do out of habit. We do on automatic pilot. Automated responses are normal patterns. They give our mind a break from deep thinking and they typically activate when we repeat something predictable. We've all experienced this at one point or another. Most commonly, we arrive home safely from work or errands, but yet we might not remember some segment of the route we drove to get there. But automatic pilot can also be a survival response to traumatic experiences. Our minds default to something that is familiar and comfortable, that comfort of repeating patterns to what we know. Familiarity feels safe in disruptive times. So over a period of time, persistent autopilot can result in an overall emptiness in how we feel. You might feel unhappy, but can't pinpoint why. Accomplishments don't feel as exciting as we think they might, they probably should. And our overall energy diminishes. So this is where intention comes in. Intention can be the process by which we heal, through which we overcome the continuing uncertainty and we envision hope for the future. So first, let me answer this question of hope. Do we dare hope? And wholeheartedly, I say yes. Even in this health crisis, we can and we should hope. In a January 4th um, post, Substack post from your local epidemiologist, Dr. Caitlin Jetlina wrote, quote, after my last post, all ask, I, I received a, a lot of emails after my last post, all asking essentially the same thing. Is there any hope? So I interrupt my regular broadcast with a big, loud answer, yes. And she concluded this post with, quote, bottom line, public health is invisible when it works. Although we are in a crisis mode right now, our tools are working and help is on the way. Every epi curve comes down and this one will too. Don't take Omicron lightly, but don't lose hope either. Friends, these are the words of an epidemiologist working in this field. So our first objective is to be open to hope. 
So we could make this our collective resolution, right? To be deliberate, to be intentional about recognizing hope. Being deliberate and mindful is the way out of a trauma-induced autopilot. Pay attention. Whatever we focus upon actually wires our neurons. For example, focusing on setbacks and unhappy events can make things feel pervasive, personal, and permanent, according to Marty Seligman, author of Learned Optimism. Yet with practice, he found that we can learn to focus more attention on the positive possibilities in our situation. Intention also invites us to be effortful with our decisions, to be aware of how and why we make the choices and the actions that we do, and to examine the impacts of those decisions. Our intentions are the end results we wish for. And this is actually, this actually needs to be where the first part of our process is. It is the process of choosing where on the map we are heading before we get into the car and start driving. So intentions should have our forward momentum. We have been through a tremendous journey. We are two long years away from the way things used to be. Setting intentions for who and what we want must bring new energy for resilience and stamina to drive us forward toward a recreation and not a restoration of the past, toward an embrace of change, not a revival of routine. This can feel impossibly hard when we are stuck in inertia, but sometimes all we need to do is just start. Author David Kane writes, it is easy to bulk forever at starting an unpleasant task. You feel bad enough, so you certainly don't wanna climb inside the unpleasantness by starting. But you've probably discovered again and again that you feel better shortly after you do start, and that's the illusion. You don't need to finish the task to feel better. You only need to finish not doing the task. So this is the invitation then. What for each of you, for each of us, is our intention for this community this year and into the future? If, as in our reading from A. Paul Davies, this congregation is meant to hold us to our own standards, to bring us back to who and what we want to be, to renew our courage and our hope, what is the future of that vision? What is the destination that finds us brought in every way back to our best? What are the changes we might embrace? Who might we recreate ourselves into being? And then what will you do to help us get there? We all have a responsibility to care for our congregation and ultimately for Unitarian Universalism. We often speak of Unitarian Universalism as a living tradition, living in the sense of growing a garden. UA New, Eng New England region consultant Erica Barron recently wrote, we are reminded that we did not start this garden, but we are accountable to those who did to keep the most the most alive and life-giving parts thriving. Tending implies a continuous process because you can't tend for something one day and then be done. Tending is an act of continuous care. We are accountable too to those who will tend it after us. 
It is our job to tend not just the places of abundance, but to also repair the places damaged by neglect and harm so that we can hand on the most beautiful, thriving, diverse, and abundant garden that we can. Goals are objectives we set to accomplish what we reach for, and resolutions are the disciplines or the skills we need to meet the goals. But both of those point first toward the intentions we want to dream into being. Intention is about presence, asking, being. This is our opportunity to disengage our autopilot. What are the values, the opportunities, the communities that are most important to us? What are the ways that we can make a difference?